Uh, we are now turning our attention to the reading of God's Word and the teaching of God's Word. This week we'll be starting a new series, uh, and the series orbits around some of the values of our church. In the next four weeks, we'll be focusing on what it means to be a missional, a merciful, a prayerful, and a city-positive, Christ-centered church. In particular, this week, we have Reverend Howard McPhee teaching us on the value of being a missional church. But before he comes and teaches, we have the reading of God's Word, and we have Jenny to lead us in that. Jenny. Our reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name is Howard McPhee, and I'm a staff member here at Grace Toronto. Now, as uh, Kingsley reminded us, or informed us this morning. Uh, today we are going to reflect on the core value of the core value that forms and structures uh, Grace Toronto. The core value of missional Grace Toronto seeks to be a missional church through our members individually and corporately, in dependence upon the enabling power of the Holy Spirit, we seek <clears throat> in a relevant and engaging way to bring the good news concerning Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected, to bear on the men and women of Toronto that they might find in him a new life, a new destiny, a new all-encompassing relationship with the living God. Now, as we seek to be a missional church, individually and collectively, we seek to be a missional church because the triune God, because our God is missional. In eternity past, God the Father determined to send his beloved son into the world to deliver men and women from the corrupting power of sin. And at the appointed time, 
the beloved Son, Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. And taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead as the living Lord. And as the living Lord said to his ancient followers, he now says to you and I here at Grace Toronto, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Go into the world making disciples. And in time, the Holy Spirit sent at Pentecost to pursue sinners like you and me, opening their hearts to understand the gospel, overcoming their resistance to Christ so that they might want him enabling and empowering them to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, that they might be raised as a new creation, forgiven and empowered to live the new life. Now, the Apostle Paul had come under some criticism from the Corinthian church. Uh, they, they saw his, him as, uh, in a number of ways, inconsistent, and as one who did not conduct his ministry in a manner worthy of an apostle. His apostleship, in their opinion, uh, lacked dignity because he was committed to supporting his ministry by working as a tent maker. Now, in responding to this criticism, Paul gives a description of his ministry in the text that we read and will reflect on today, in which he outlines that missional principle that was fundamental and governed his apostolic ministry in the Mediterranean world. Now, in order to uh, understand the missional principle that Paul describes in that section that we read, 19 to 23, uh, we will need to understand how Paul understands and relates to the law of God. And so we will take a few moments to examine that issue. In the history of redemption, there is a movement from promise to fulfillment 
The Old Covenant, the Old Testament era, was an era of promise. A promise that, the promise that focused on a coming seed. A coming seed, someone who would deliver men and women from the bondage of sin that the sin of Adam had brought into the world. Now this promise of a coming seed uh, looked forward to its fulfillment in the arrival of Christ and the redemption that he accomplished in his death and resurrection, establishing the new covenant, the New Testament. Now the law, now the law of God given to Israel, the Jews, through Moses was given in the era of promise and thus it was the law of God in promise form and looked forward to its fulfillment in the arrival of Christ where it would come under the transforming impact of the redemptive work and teaching of Christ. With the arrival of Christ and his work Circumcision is now replaced by baptism and thus has no spiritual value. The clean and unclean food laws have been decommissioned by the teaching of Christ and the shed blood of the sacrificial system has now been fulfilled in the shed blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world. And the commands, even the commands of the Ten Commandments have been deepened and intensified as we see in Christ's exposition of those commandments in the Sermon on the Mount. The law of God that came through Moses now comes to us, that law of God, the law of God through Moses, now comes to us in and through Christ in its fulfillment form as the law of Christ. Thus Paul is not under the law of God as it came through Moses, but that does not mean he is free from the law of God. For he is under the law of God as it, come, as it has come through Christ. He is under the law of Christ. It is in that understanding of the law of God that he conducted his ministry as he interacted with Jews and as he interacted with Gentiles, as he interacted with the rich and as he interacted with the poor. Paul, in the section that we are reflecting on, describes his, minis- uh, his ministerial, print- his missional principle in action. He says to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews, to win them to Christ. Now, Paul was a Jew. And so uh, he elaborates on what he means by saying that to the Jews, he became a Jew. To the Jews, he became a Jew In this sense, to those under the law of Moses, that is, to the Jews, to those under, I became as one of those under the law. 
I did so that I might win some Jews for Christ. Paul, of course, makes clear that as a follower, that although as a follower of Jesus Christ, he is not under the law of Moses, and thus did not consider circumcision as a requirement or as having any spiritual value or significance. However, he was quite willing to have his traveling companion, Timothy, circumcised because it allowed him access to the Jewish community. It allowed him access to the Jewish synagogue to preach in the, teach in the synagogue. And although as a follower of Jesus Christ, he was not required to submit to the ritual and food laws of the law of Moses, but he was willing to abide by them if it allowed him to eat in Jewish homes and explain the way of salvation to his fellow Jews under the law. And she says to those outside the law of Moses, that is to non-Jews, Gentiles, he says he became as one outside the law. That is, he became and functioned as a Gentile. This meant that when he was eating in Gentile homes, he sat down with ease to a pork savlaki dinner. And he did not ever alienate his host, his Gentile host, by concerning himself with where the meat that we were eating had come from. And as he functioned that way amongst the Gentiles, they were much more open to listen to a Jew share the way of salvation in and through Jesus Christ. He does make clear, he says, however, don't misunderstand what I am saying. I am not outside the law of God for I live and serve under the law of Christ, never compromising its teachings or commands. And he says, and to the weak, those not of noble birth, those without power or influence, the workers, the poor, and the slaves. He says, I became weak. I took advantage of supporting my ministry by working as a tent maker that I might win the weak to Jesus Christ. Now Paul introduces the description of his ministry principle and strategy with the words, for though I am free from all men, I make myself a servant to all men that I might win more of them to Christ. And he closes it with the words, I have become all things to all men that by all means I may save 
some. Now we need to get those summary statements into our minds and hearts as individuals and as the body of Christ, Grace Toronto. We need to keep in mind that we are to live and exist and to work those uh, according to those summary words. We have to keep in mind a number of, I would suggest we have to keep in mind a number of things and not lose sight of them and pray that the Spirit of God would empower us to hold on to our missional principle and enable us to implement it in season and out of season at all times in order to win men and women the men and women of Toronto to Christ Paul reminds you and I that we must do all that it takes all that it takes to present the gospel in a relevant and engaging way at whatever personal cost. The gospel that proclaims Christ's sacrificial death must be proclaimed by messengers who are committed to make the sacrifices that are necessary to win men to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, in the church, we do many important and absolutely necessary things. Well, we worship, we preach, we teach, we fellowship together, we comfort and encourage each other in our difficulties, we disciple our children, and so forth. But we must remain alert, I would suggest, to that danger that building ourselves up becomes an end in itself rather than the goal of making us servants to all the people of Toronto that we might win some for Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit in dependence upon the Spirit we strive to maintain our outward focus our outward face I would also suggest that we keep in mind remind ourselves that as a missional church and people we seek to avoid the tendency to become attached to the way we have always done things the things and ways we are comfortable with that keep us from the ch from making the change and hard work that sometimes is sometimes necessary to be all things to all men that more of Toronto might be one to Christ.
as a missional people. We live in our neighborhood and we work in our workplace. Paul says, for the sake of the gospel. And corporately as a missional church, Grace Toronto, we exist in the city of Toronto for the sake of the gospel. To live and exist for the sake of the gospel is to live and exist for the advance of that gospel in the lives and hearts of the city of Toronto. To live and exist for the advance of the gospel, for the glory and honor that it brings to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, what, what, what drove the Apostle Paul to such a missional ministry? And what drives us individually and Grace Toronto, the church, the body of Christ? What drives us to win men and women for Christ at whatever it takes, at whatever cost? What drives us? What drives us to become all men becomes all things to all men that we might win men for Christ? Well, I will repeat the Almighty God, the Creator of all things and the sustainer of all things. Look down the corridor of, look down the, uh, deter, de decided, determined to save a people unto himself. To save a people unto himself. And to appoint them, to predestinate them to a glorious future in the new heavens and the new earth. And as he looked down the corridor of human history, he saw people like you and like me, people who were determined to be at all costs, master of their own fate and captain of their own souls, determined at all costs to resist the claims of Jesus Christ. In fact, in the deep recesses of their soul, in the deep recesses of their heart, there was a hostility to their creator God determined at all costs to build their own kingdom, to pursue their own glory, and to make their own rules. Looking down the course of history, he determined to save people like that and appoint them to a glorious destiny. And in order to accomplish the salvation of sinners like you and like me, resistant to him, he sent into the world his beloved son, Jesus Christ, who entered into this world as the great God-man and descended into the darkness of Calvary, there where he would take upon himself all of that sin, all of that arrogance, all of that self-control, all that was offensive to God and all that was determined to escape from God, that sin upon the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And there in the darkness of the cross, 
He satisfied the justice of God, paid the penalty of God, and removed the wrath of God. And on the third day was raised from the dead, raised from the dead and glorious as the living Lord. And there, shocking to angels, he invited men and women everywhere to come to him, to lay hold of him, to embrace him by faith, that they might be raised as a new creation, forgiven and empowered to live the new life on a journey to the new creation. Participants in the purposes of God as he moves all of history to that glorious day. And then in his mercy and his grace, he sent the Holy Spirit to pursue and hunt people, hunt people like you and I down. Pursue and hunt people like you and down. That that spirit determined and did open the hearts of people like you and I. So now we come to, came to see and understand the gospel, come to appreciate Christ, come to want Jesus Christ. And enabled and empowered by that spirit to embrace him and to know that new and eternal life, that glorious destiny that Christ has accomplished on behalf of his people. It's in the light of what the great and glorious missional God has done for us that we are to be, a, that drives us to be a missional people. What really having experienced the love and the mercy of God in Jesus, what other choice really have we then to participate in the mission of advancing the gospel in the city of Toronto that men and women might taste and experience what we have tasted and experienced. And so we are, we give thanks to God and now we will pray, thanking God for all that he has done for us and asking him to empower us, empower us to be the kind of agents that serve his glorious purpose. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, that in Jesus Christ we have experienced a whole new and eternal life. And if there is anyone here today who is exploring the Christian faith, who is examining the Christian faith, is struggling with the Christian faith, we pray, Heavenly Father, that in your mercy and in your grace, you might open their hearts to see that they might see and believe and Father God, we pray. We pray that having experienced your love and mercy, you by your spirit would empower us to be diligent, committed, to serve you individually and corporately as Grace Toronto, to serve you as a missional church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.